In a world where trust is shattered and darkness looms, one man's journey from betrayal to redemption will captivate your heart. Absolutely. Even if Absolutely. you don't take them. If you have a relative that is a Christian, yes. allow them to take the kids. I like that. Because yeah. it's like, you, you may not want Jesus, but... Thrown into a detention center, he grappled with the harsh reality of being imprisoned mentally and physically. At that moment, I told myself, I'm not going behind bars no more. Betrayed and deceived by the one he trusted most. So now we're about to enter into this part of your life where you're cheated on. It was rough for me. Bought teddy bears for her, flowers. And my heart just got squeezed and beat upon and crushed and stuck. In the depths of his despair, he questioned God's plan. I said, I said, you don't know what just happened to me, Meg. But amidst the darkness, a glimmer of hope emerged. He found solace in the teachings of a higher power. And in that moment, he discovered a new purpose. Out with the old. In with the new. In with the new. The Holy Spirit came inside of me. From being lost to salvation, this is the story of Nick. Coming soon, this summer on July 1st on YouTube and all podcast platforms. Thank you for supporting us by listening to episode one. This episode is going to be just as good and just as dynamic. We're going to continue our conversation about Jesus from zero to 12 years old. Be blessed. I, I love, I love, I love, I love me a baby shower. Well, at least I love my baby shower with my wife. You know, everybody on here have kids. Y'all have chilling <laughs> children. So I know the unbeliever might, might be thinking, okay, I, I listened to episode one. How in the world Jesus Christ came here on earth? I know they're, they're probably thinking that. So they're probably like itching like, man, I can't wait till episode two. Well, this is episode two. <laughs> so, so episode two. So we talk about, okay, the prophecy is now coming to fruition. So we know we talked about in episode one, how Jesus Christ came from the lineage of Judah. So I'm going to read. No, you know what? I'm not going to read. I need to hear Adney read. She you know, she got these, these, these versions of the Bible that just sound so good, right? Right, right, Ray. So I'm going to have her read. Yeah. So Adney, you could go ahead and read Luke, Luke chapter one, uh, verses 30 and 31. Because I want people to understand when we talk about how Jesus Christ came um, onto earth, how did he come? So I want to talk about how the prophecy is coming to fruition. So we'll be talking about his birth and also his early years. All right. Luke chapter one, verse 30. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. Yes. Read uh, Luke 135. 135 says, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the son of God. Amen. So that's the, the passage that you just read, Addie, that that's amazing to me. Because every day, every, you know, going dating back to when I was a kid, um, I used to go to church. Um, they talked about Jesus. You know, so to the carnal mind, when you hear about, hold up, because scientifically we know how humanity can have children. From yeah, I mean, of course, there's numerous ways that we can have children. Science know I do it, or 
the, the natural, the natural way. So when, when we talk about or what Adney just read, that the Holy Spirit, you're talking about a, a virgin woman. <laughs> you should see Ray's face, yeah. <laughs> talk about a virgin woman. I wanted to read Matthew one eighteen before we continue as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and read it. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what I said. Like that right there is amazing to me. And and Adney, I think you said that on one of the previous podcasts, you said that when we talk, when we had discussion about Mary, you say Mary's purpose was to carry God. <laughs> that I think you said it's something like in, in that way. But I, I think that's that's that is amazing. So to the carnal mind, I know, I know, listener, I know you, listener, I know this is something that might be probably be new to you. But yes, this was a miracle. God, He chose Mary as the vessel to carry him. Adney just read it. Anything y'all want to add on that? I had a discussion a while back with a brother and he pointed something so powerful out. When you go to the garden, when God planted the garden, he said, Adney, where did the seed come from? God already had the seed in him. So when we're thinking about Mary becoming pregnant with the Holy Spirit, that's a form of a seed entering into her to germinate into this most beautiful little creature, little being who flutters and kicks and makes her sick in the morning and all this other good stuff, right? And then here it is. She engaged to be married. I mean, I mean, could, could this timing have been any worse? <laughs> like not, not to cut you off, but I'm like, like for real, like, I mean, we need we need to we need to feel for for Joseph on this one. He's like, yeah, you know, I got me a youngin', you know, spring chicken, never been touched, you know what I mean? And then like, um, he's like, wait, wait, what's that? You're pre- pregnant? Who, man? Let me get let me get my sword out. The Holy Spirit. You want to talk about a conspiracy theory? I mean, if you believe that. And you're willing to live your life as if that is true. And it's not based on a lie. And you're going to take it all by faith. <laughs> don't meet don't be your, your mic, Adney. I'm going I'm to I'm shut up. I'm going to let you finish. I'm just saying, Christians who are already believing, I want you to take a step back on this one. Because we already talked about some things that just aren't natural. There's, I mean, we start off with a talking snake. We don't know if Adam had a belly button. I mean, we, 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 we don't know, like one person built a, uh, you know, an ark and it took him 400 years. Like he have a chiropractor, you know, like just, 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 just take a step back. Because when we talk about miracles, it's like, look at the timing of these things. So anyway, I'm, I'm a pop. Go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And I just love, and I love that you said that because it just shows how strategic God is, right? God said, okay, she's about to get married. She's very faithful to me. 
She trusts me. She believes me. She walks according to the law that has been laid before her. Yeah, let me go ahead and impregnate her before she get defiled by this man because I need her in the most purest form. Not only her, not only was Mary's heart pure because the angel said, you have found favor with God. You have to be some type of person to find favor with God right? You have to be doing some stuff that God specifically says, I'm going to use you to bring me into the wor- into this world. And just to see how she responded. I think that's one of the things that we miss is her response when she says, let it be unto me as you have said. That shows the beauty of Mary's heart. Like, I know I'm going to die because my parents not going to understand. They're going to think that I went and slept with somebody and I had a whole, and, and let, let, let's make it clear. In order for you to be pregnant, that means that you were cheating on your husband because back then, once you were engaged, the only thing left was for you to go and for him to take you to become his wife. And you are found pregnant with what and by who? Mary, girl, if you don't go and sit yourself down somewhere and stop lying and tell us. Yeah. And they actually consummate and yeah. And, and they consummate on the spot. So it's not like, you know, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're running out of the church and everyone's throwing rice and they're going to get into a stretch limousine and they're going to go off to a hotel. No, no, no. You're going to go right behind, right back behind these curtains. And there's going to be a white sheet. And we're going to know if this marriage is legit. Once we bring the sheet out and we ought, we ought to see blood. So it ain't no like, I'm thinking, well, could you just wait until they, you know, kiss that I do. And then maybe, you know, you know, you know, maybe right after that, you know, she's already pregnant. And then Joseph kind of comes behind, you know, maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking with a very carnal mind, but I want people to to also understand that when God calls you for an assignment, it's not like you weren't doing anything already. It's, it wasn't like you weren't, you didn't have anything on your calendar already. This was a massive inconvenience and it puts you at a detrimental disadvantage. So now try to explain your situation to anybody that like, if someone said that today, you would run from them. So I don't have any reason to believe that when she's walking around, obviously showing she's pregnant, her feet are swollen, her, you know, she's waddling, her back hurts, you know, her face done blew up, you know, due to pregnancy. And, you know, she's, you know, no one, you're not fooling anyone. And you want to double down on this whole, you know, Holy Spirit impregnated you with what? Oh, the one, Neo? You got you also oh, also oh, the savior. Okay, all right, all right. You really, you really missed your medication, Mary. And then, meanwhile, I gotta feel sorry for Joseph because Joseph, like, mm, if I ever find out, if I, I mean, there wasn't a Maury show back then. It, it was just you just had to take it, and you're also getting pressure from 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 your from your colleagues saying, Joe, what you gonna do? You, 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 you're going to take this to court. 
You you know why y'all talking about Mary and talking about Joseph? It even makes me appreciate Jesus even more because it, it helps me to understand that the thing. So when you understand the things that people had to get th- go through in order for for us to get the blessing, like Mary and Joseph had to go through something in order for Jesus to come here, just so we can be saved. So it goes back in the beginning, the the persecution and the things that people went through in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, even to present day, for us to be able to stand firm and saying that we're Christians. You're talking about the early church getting persecuted. So you see, we we hear all these things. It gives me hope. So when I hear you guys say these things about Joseph and Mary, I'm like, wow, like they had to go through this. Because, you know, it's funny because I had a conversation. Uh, I had a Bible study with a brother a few days ago, and I said the same thing. I said, man, I can't even imagine as a husband, if my wife would have said like, hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I would have been looking at it like, hold up, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, are you pregnant? What? But I, I I like what God did. He gave Joseph a dream. Like, hey, Joseph, like, it's okay. It's okay. And I think oh, one thing worth mentioning is that the Bible is a spiritual book. I want people to understand that, that God is spirit. Okay, God is not flesh. So you talk about, you know, humanity is composed of three components. We have spirit, soul, and flesh. But God is spirit. Okay, so when we read the spiritual book, and even the enemy, the devil, our adversary is a spiritual being. And I think one of the biggest lies that the devil have deceived the world to he he's letting the world he's he's making it known to people in the world that he doesn't exist. He's letting it. He's letting it be known, like, hey, I don't exist. Just do, just do your own thing. Do me. You know, there's this new thing. And I'm gonna do me. I'm my own God. I'm a God. That's what people. You know, I'm. A, I'm gonna do me. And it's like they, they kind of like put the devil, like, hey, the devil does exist. While the devil's out there in the spiritual realm, just laughing. I thought about Daniel when Daniel was praying. You remember when Daniel was fasting and he was praying. And his prayers was being hindered because there's a war that was taking place in the spiritual realm. And that happens all the time. So I look at it like even with Jesus Christ's birth, and we're going to dive right into that because there's something I got to say about that. So what you guys are talking about with with Mary and, and Joseph, talk about the war within, the war within that they had to go through. And on top of that, boom, Jesus Christ is born. Matthew 2, 1. Now, I brought that up because Herod, the king, wanted to kill him. What in the who? Holly helicopter? You t- hold up, my child. We all have children. Just just imagine if your child is born and the president say the president or somebody that's superior that have authority and say, you know, we want to harm your child because we believe that he's a special child because he's going to rule over me one day. Like what? That's how you know that the, the things that was taking place were spiritual. You know, it, it was, it was um, happening in the spiritual realm. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, 
Let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. No, no, no. I mean, uh, great, great point. I was going to say, remember, um, they went and killed the firstborn. So not every firstborn was an infant. Like, so if you had a grown son, if he came first, he, he, he got to go. But what if he's married? He got to go. Herod said every firstborn boy. I mean, you cannot, the, the fact that, number one, Jesus was born into controversy. He wasn't born in, into a palace. He wasn't born into an ideal situation. The home was already split up. You know, just on my thoughts on the relations between him and, um, excuse me, uh, Joseph and Mary. Like, I can't see just being at, at the dinner table like, like, oh boy, I'm just so excited for you. Yeah. I mean, the Bible does, you know, doesn't say that Joseph was okay with it. Like he just had to take it. You know what I mean? So I can't assume that he's just like, so excited about this pregnancy that he still can't explain to anyone and, and his friends. And then even his own explanation was like in a dream, I saw it, God told me, and you know, that's what it was. But when someone tries to identify with Jesus, like what does Jesus know about my problems? Well, look how he showed up. I mean, he, he showed up at a very polarizing time where there was, there was no robust judicial system. There wasn't science to try to prove claims and, and all that. You know, it was just what people saw and what you said. And if that don't match up, judgment is being made. So now, so now, now we see Jesus being born in the less than, than ideal situation. I mean, never mind being born, you know, in swaddling clothes and, you know, you know, in, in, in a carriage. I mean, no nursery, no nothing. Like he's, he's born into poverty. But yet, I believe that is a archetype of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Not saying you got to live in squalor. Not, not saying, you know, if, if you are doing well for, for yourself, you're off on the wrong foot. No, that's, that's not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying metaphysically what it means to, to, to follow Jesus, even in his birth, is to understand that, that you will get to a point where you realize who you really are in the midst of a problem. Where you finally say, oh, you know what? I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. This ain't me. I don't enjoy this. What I what I mean is that that point where, and I'm I'm just being very practical, and it does have something to do with Jesus' birth, where you just are not going to argue with people anymore because my blood pressure is rising. But yet there's something inside of me that says, mm-mm. There, there's a better way of dealing with this. You had to go through some adversity to see it. Because if this had been all laid out and perfect, God would not get the credit for this. So, and this goes into, well, I don't, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but even the utility of prayer. 
when we pray in Jesus' name, what we're asking for is Jesus as our advocator to help us walk through this the way he would walk through this. Because if we knew everything, we wouldn't need to pray because our plans would go perfectly because we saw every problem and potential that could ever happen and we planned accordingly and boom, therefore we're God. When you think you know the outcome of it, of a thing, and you refuse to pray about it, what you are essentially saying is, thou shalt surely not die. It's not going to cost you much. But then we know, you know, that, yeah, one drink turns into two. And then two minutes turns into a lifetime. If you, you know, picking up one, putting down. And one mistake can not only cost you your life, but many others. But we don't see we don't see things like that. So when we get to the birth of, of Jesus, I'm just taking the thirty thousand foot view of it and say, okay, understand what uh, many implications of what this means for you, because the Bible, you know, you know, took the time to write it down so that you can read it over and over again and pick it apart layer by layer and analyze every part of it and say, what does this have to do with me? And that's where my Bible studies come into, come into play, because if, if I can't use it, then, you know, then why, why read it? But obviously you wrote it, so there, there's some use to it. I, I love how um, when we read about the um, birth of Christ, right? And this is something the, the Holy Spirit literally just laid on my heart is seeing how hateful Herod was toward a baby. You're thinking about a physical reign where this child is here for a spiritual thing. And I, and I just using my little feeble mind, go with me here. To me, Herod is a type shadow of Satan, right? Because if he can stop the seed of God from being who God created him to be, then where is our salvation? So here it is, Herod gets jealous over a baby and it says the king of the Jews, mind you, you reigning all over these seven realms. And they said the king of the Jews and you want to kill him. Why? Because you want to have reign and power over everything. You don't want no seclusion. You want it all. And that just shows like now our day and time when we're looking at and I, I will not call him this, Jay-Z's, Beyonce's, and everything like that, how they have full reign over this world. And we, the Christians, are the standards, right? We are the seed that has to combat them. I was just like, wow, that is just so powerful to me to know that this 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 little human being who was placed in, in in Mary's womb so miraculously came out of her body grew up to save us all yeah adney we we know we know that baby jesus was special uh, according to the bible because of course it's, it's highlighted all over the bible but 
we see here the 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 magi uh, came and they they worship him. So they knew they knew. Yeah, in Matthew and that's two, the beauty nine, of it. Eleven. That's the beauty of it because these were not even men who believe in God. They believed in science. They believe in stars. Yeah. So can we say this is the first baby shot? No, this is my, I was about to say baby shot. <laughs> what's that? What's that celebration y'all do? What's no, that no, celebration no. y'all do? No, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a baby shower. I forgot what it's called because we didn't. We don't. You know, we yeah. do the baby shower. What y'all do, Adney? What y'all sisters do? Born, but it's the after, after. baby. It's the after baby shower, right? Like, or after the baby is born. I don't know what it's okay. called because I ain't do none of that stuff. But to see them come, and I have to say this: I grew up Catholic. Right. And in Catholicism, it says, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Bless out thou among women. Bless are you the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners. The Magi came. They didn't mm. come for Mary. Wow. They didn't worship Mary. They came for Jesus. They came to the feet of Jesus. So for those of you who are Catholics, I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Mary just did something great, and that was give birth to your Savior. Because if you read the word for yourself, you will see that Mary was never praised. The only time you heard anything about her receiving any type of recognition is when the angel said, you found favor in the sight of God. So I please, and I'm pleading with you Catholics, please open the word of God and get to see Jesus for yourself, because you're missing the most beautiful part of your salvation. And that is worshiping Jesus, not his mother. She can't do nothing for you because she's still in the tomb here on earth, probably bones and all, but he's not. Wait, you know what, Adney, um, with, uh, was about the Magi's, it was Herod, Herod doing that sent them. Ain't that some? Herod, Herod sent them. And he went to worship uh, baby Jesus. And uh, I like what, what uh, God came to, to Magi's in a dream and said, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. He gave them warning. Like, nah, don't, don't go back to the baby. Don't go back to the baby. But in, anyways, so what I wanted to say about baby Jesus, uh, his life parallels Moses. Like, we read that Moses... Moses, I mean, these are maybe someone that's listening to this haven't read the Bible, but Moses was the one that um, God used to help deliver the children of Israel from um, bondage, from slavery. So we we look at it in that sense, but yeah, Jesus Christ is going to come to deliver humanity from slavery. Sin, sin, of course. Where, you know, when you're in sin, you're in bondage. <laughs> so Jesus Christ is coming to redeem and release us. So that's how, how I look at it. So um, I'm just going to move forward. Um, obviously, we know what happened. God warned the Magi's. And, um, you know, Jesus obviously was born in ben, um, uh, Bethlehem. Then he went to Egypt. Then he went to Nazareth. But let's talk about when Jesus Christ was 12 years old. Mm. Now... Ray, I know you got a young one. You know, when you get that age, Boy. when you get a certain age, you want to talk about old, smart mouth too? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like, um, I guess I want to discuss like what, what Jesus Christ was doing at the age of 12. Kind of like you want to, 
Give us the context of uh, Luke two forty one and fifty two. Uh, Ray, can you do that for us? Okay, you, you want you want, want me to read it first, or you just want me just uh, to comment on it? Yeah, just you could just kind of like comment on it. Let's just have a dialogue about that. All right. So, um, you know, so Jesus uh, being in his in his adolescent years, I mean, he is. Um, you know, we don't read a whole lot about his about his his childhood, except for like this one, you know, anecdotal instance that the Bible has um, has outlined for us as, okay, well, this is the, the important part about, about his childhood. Um, we, we, we find him, they, they go to a Passover feast, you know, the family, you know, they, they all hop in the minivan and they head down to, you know, uh, to, to the Passover carnival, you know, on the fairgrounds and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're doing, what whatever it is that they're doing and it's time to go and um so here's what's here's what's interesting they left and they went three days assuming listen i don't know about you but before you take off anywhere don't you do an inventory how do <laughs> you miss? Listen, listen, listen. This is this is actually a preaching point. How did you miss Jesus? You came with him, but you didn't leave with him. Wow. How in the world did you sit there in the pews? You you came. You woke up this morning with your mind stayed on Jesus. And then you walked out into the parking lot. And you blasting Drake. How did you leave without Jesus? That's where the work is. That's where the need is. So anyway, I'm, I've 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 detoured from the story. So anyway, they they realize this, and and they go back and they find him in 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 the temple. I mean, you know, not at the arcade. You know, he he wasn't you know whatever games that they had back then. He was in the temple having some adult conversations, and and people were astonished at his level of understanding. Uh, a very standout you know in, individual, and of course, as a parent, uh, you were like, um, sir. Oh, excuse me. Uh, JC, Lord, um, why are you still? And his response to to contemporize it was like, um, yeah, weren't you, were you not briefed on, on the assignment? What he said specifically, King James, <laughs> um, he said unto him, how's it that ye sought me? Was he not that I must be about my father's business? In layman's terms, it's like, what did you what did you think I was supposed to be? The better question is, why weren't you st- not just uh, just to elaborate? I'm not I'm not trying to put words in Jesus' mouth, but the <laughs> the other question that's being asked at the same time without being asked is why aren't you in the temple because you do know 12 years ago what this was about 
And yet you are surprised that I am doing exactly what I was born to do. I mean, that. now, if I ever heard that come, 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 coming out of my, my 12-year-old's mouth, I'm like, well, Lord, <laughs> guilty as charged. I think that's, I'm glad that you pointed out your child because I think parents don't understand. God give us children. The children is not for us. God, God, these these children could be future preachers, evangelism, um, doing great works for the kingdom of God. But I think parents, at least the parents went to the temple. At least the parents went to the feast of the Passover. But now, I'm fast forward in 2020. Parents do not go to the feast of the Passover. In, in other words, they don't go to worship. They 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 don't they don't do church anymore. So as a result, the children suffer. The child that has that call, the child that has that calling from God, is not being presented the word of God. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna share this one thing. Of course, I gotta think. I always gotta highlight my mom. My mom is not alive, but one thing that I appreciate about my mother when I was young, my mother had eight children. Ray. In Adney. My mother did not go to church. But the one thing my mom did, she said, You're going to go to somebody's church on a Sunday. And what I appreciate about that is that she said, You know what? Um, maybe she wasn't there spiritually. I don't know. But she said, My kids is going to get the word of God. And that right there, it all, it, it always, it means a lot to me knowing that what my mother did because, you know, we went to church, we got a word, we heard about Jesus, and when we came home, we, we ate a Sunday Sunday dinner, uh, Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner, whatever. But I appreciate that. But I don't think that's de- being done nowadays. I, I think people lack the spiritual awareness that their children, by not going to worship or by not feeding your children the word of God, look at Jesus. Jesus' parents left. Jesus Christ is in the temple. He's breaking bread with the councils, with the elders. They just breaking bread. They they having a conversation like what you said, Ray, in Luke 2, 4, 9. He says, how is it that you sought me? With ye not, not that I must be about my father. Jesus Christ said, look, I'm about my father's business. I'm about the kingdom things. So when you have a child talking about God and promoting God, I think parents ought to take heed to that. So, Mike, my son, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know the calling that God has on my son, but my son, he says certain things to me, and I just look at him like, hmm, Joseph, the dreamer. Joseph was going around telling his brother he had dreams. I, you know what the daddy did? The daddy paid close attention on Joseph. Pay, pay close attention to him. And I think that parents got to pay close attention to their children as it relates to spiritual things because they do not know the calling that God may have on his or her life. Okay, so I want to read it. I want to read this because this stuck out to me. It says, his parents didn't know what to think. His mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. She said, your father, right? But Jesus says, why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Mary said, you had me and your daddy looking for you. And Jesus said, I must be in my daddy's house. So he had to let Joseph know, like, look, (laughs) I understand you my earthly daddy, but I am here to do my heavenly daddy's work. We as parents, and and, and Nick, my mother was just Mm -hmm. like you. 
yeah. your mom. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Haitian parents. They ain't gonna step. <laughs> they ain't gonna step foot yeah. in somebody's sanctuary. Yeah. But when that bus that's comes, right, that white bus, the white bus, all their children. Bus? Which which color? I had the white, the white bus. bus. <laughs> I had the white bus. When that bus come, we gonna have our little ribbons in yep. our hair, our little stockings on with the socks over the that's stockings, right. with our little frou frou dresses, and we getting on that bus, and we going to Sunday yep. school, and we going to yep. worship service. Y'all not staying in this that's house. Right. I am grateful and thankful yes, to my mother, yes, Philomena, yes, for doing yes. that, right? Because she planted a seed in me. It may not have stayed in my siblings, but she mm. still planted a seed in us. The thing is, as parents, like my son, when he was two, he would see me taking communion. He, he always asked questions. He always wanted to know, why are you taking that? I want some. And then I'm like, okay, let's have a conversation. And one of the brothers would come and say, no, I got him. They'll take him outside, have the conversation with him. And he said, okay, mommy, I'm not ready yet. You don't know why the hunger is there in your child. Like you said, we are just the vessels that God used to put his children here on earth. We parents need to get our whole lives together. Because we are doing a disservice to our children if we are not feeding the spiritual side of them. Why? Because we are spirits on a human journey. We are not humans on a spiritual journey. You sit in here putting little Ray Ray and football and Lord basketball and all this other stuff, and you put in you put in a little um um bella and, and ballet and and gymnastics and all this other stuff because that's what you want but there is a deeper thing that god has placed in that child and one thing i'm going to say this and i'm and i'm a, i'm a quit my spiritual mother she is raising her grandson and the thing that she does is everything that she sees in him she allows him to experiment he draws he creates, he believes he's going to be an architect, right? And you can see that that's something that God put in him. But an architect of what? The word of God, he absolutely loves. Everything he does is to please God. Last month, he told his grandma he was ready to get baptized. And I witnessed this little boy getting up, going to get baptized. Why? Because it's, it's being put in him. And as it's being put in him, he's learning who he is spiritually. We are doing our children a disservice if we are not feeding that spirit that God placed inside of them for them to connect with him, to become who he has called them to be. It's not about us parents and our preferences. It is about God's preference for our children. I'm off my tangent. And and, the, and simultaneously what's happening is when they're not engaged in, in godly things, they're engaged in something else. I mean, let's say if let's say if Nick, your 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 friend, or excuse me, your son had had a friend, um, who you know, same age, smokes, drinks, curses, you know, talks back. It's you know, a little rowdy, you know, uh, kind of a rebel against authority. Would you let your son play with that play with that 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 other little boy? No, you wouldn't. So then now the question is to everyone, 
why do we allow our kids to sit in front of screens for hours on end that promote the same exact things? And then we're surprised when they turn out the way they turn out because the devil has it in such a way where, listen, all you got to do is just be here and we'll take care of the rest. It is the same naivete that Adam had that, you know, everything's going to you know work out. I don't got nothing to worry about as long as I get them in. No, no, that's part of it. Yeah. Getting them in church and getting them into worship and, and establishing a relationship with Jesus that, yeah, that's, but there's also some some supporting things that, that need to be done for this to work out. Because we see here, going back to the passage that on uh, verse 46, is that when Jesus was found in the temple, the, my Bible says he was talking with doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And they were astonished at his understanding. And I... Uh, when when you said that that when your when your son was ready to get baptized and one of the brothers you know you know you know took him and talk and talk with him I'm like God why'd you do that Jesus will will later say let the children come to me for such is the kingdom a childlike enthusiasm a childlike curiosity childlike clarity the older you get the more convoluted the path becomes. I've seen people discourage kids from getting baptized because they didn't understand repentance like a 35-year-old man would. It's almost like, no, 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 no. Because in their mind, these persons, it's like, well, he can't repent. He doesn't really understand what sin is. Obviously, he does. Enough to, now, I'm not talking about Infant baptism, that's a whole nother, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when your child comes to a cognitive, conscious decision that they want to follow Jesus and they want to put him on in baptism and be a disciple, we know what, what, type, of, what type of path that, that, that they're bound for. Maybe we have some sort of sick, twisted protection because we know now the devil is going to aim for them. And that maybe we don't want that. So at the same time, we are also discrediting God as not being able to protect them. We, we, we don't want them to have to deal with some of the moral issues of having the heavy yoke of Christianity on them so early. Let them grow up a little bit, experience life, and decide once they've understood the the evils of alcohol and marijuana and and pornography, and once they've been exposed to all these things, then let them decide. It would have been easier <laughs> if they made that decision, you know, b- before if if they if they did. So what we see with, with Jesus is like, listen, you guys complicated this with your status quo of what you thought this was supposed to be. It is very simple. I am here and I am asking questions to doctors, which also alludes to the fact of, hey, how well do we understand our Bible? Can you explain it to a child who's asking questions? Because, you know, kids can get pretty intrusive and ask very basic questions that we just don't know the answers to. 
And then we've, we've gone so far as to almost elude to the idea that if you're, if you don't have a doctorate in the doctrine, then, then you don't understand it. When really a kid can ask you some very basic questions and you still won't know. So now we start to build this hierarchy that Jesus dismantles in this one verse. He dismantled a hierarchy of who gets to be the authority over what. Because in some people's eyes, you know, unless you have the theologian and the philosophical understanding of each and every letter that's in this Bible, you're not going to make it in to heaven. Are you not going to be good enough? Are you not going to be smart enough? Now, do we study to further our understanding? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with, with having any of those accolades. But once it becomes a standard of how spiritual you are, check yourself because Jesus said, no, 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 childlike. And that, 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 that in of itself, that, that, that in of itself is an, a whole nother podcast, what, 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 it means, what it means to be childlike. Because we see in this passage here in Luke that the church was the last place they looked. Huh. You mean, you mean you, for, for, for three days you was looking for them and you didn't even think to look in the church. So those, those whole nine months that you was suffering and, you know, you're throwing up and all that. And, and Joseph's trying to scratch his head. And I guess maybe the whole situation blew over and people just think that he all crazy Joe. Now, 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 12 years old, you got a middle schooler uh, will be around sixth grade here in our in, in America. And the last place after three days, mind you, that you decided to look was the church. I wonder where do we go? instead of going to God about where our children are. So this is also a public service announcement that parents, you have to pray for your children. You want your kids to be as close to God as they can because you can't get close enough to protect them from everything. And if it has eluded you about the idea that maybe I should pray for my child, yes, you should. Because there's going to be things that they're going to need protection from that you will never know even came their way. I'm currently dealing with a situation where I am forced to rely on God to work this out. Because when children get to that age and they don't want to tell you anything, you can't make them tell you anything. But you have these inklings of certain, certain things. You can't sleep at night because you just know that they're going down the wrong path. Don't let the church be the last place that you look for your child to be in. Yeah, amen, amen. Wow, it, this this was good. I just want to say one last thing and then we're going to close. Um, but I want to say this about um, what Jesus Christ said. Because when Jesus Christ said that he was about his father's business, and we see uh, here... Um, in verse number um, 51, uh, 251, it says, and when he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was, and he, of course he was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. So Mary thought about that. So I, I think that uh, children, 
they they play a part too of bringing parents closer to God. So, you know, again, I've heard stories where um, parents have said, if it wasn't for my child um, reading the Bible again or my son, he praying or or even a grandma. Sometimes grandma will pour into that child and that child will pour into that mom. And I, I think that God could use uh, young individuals. And I always think about a friend of mine um, when I was in middle school. And middle school is a very critical year. You know, they're going through puberty. They're going through a lot of changes, um, a lot of mental changes, <laughs> physical changes. So that's a very critical year um, of, of a young adult's, young adult or adolescent's life. And um, for Jesus Christ to be so wise, and right here the Bible even said in, in 252 um, that Jesus Christ increased in wisdom. Um, for a young kid to be so wise, I always think about when I was in middle school, it was a young kid by the name of Arich, Artrich. He was the only middle schooler walking around the school talking to folks about Jesus. He would teach, preach, about Jesus Christ in middle school. And at the time I was in sixth grade and I was like, I thought that was kind of weird. I was like, man, this dude always walking around the school, carrying around his Bible. And then now that we read this about how Jesus Christ was in the temple, he was probably emulating probably what he read. Like, you know, I'm going to let God use me as a vessel, as an instrument so I could save some. And I believe that there are middle schoolers out there boldly preaching the word of God. But I just don't believe that there's as much considering that how this world is so saturated with social media and so much distractions. But again, I wanted to highlight that that when a child kind of like openly rebuked their parents in love about spiritual things, it will make their parents think about that. That parent may probably pose questions like this, Maybe I need to get back in church. Maybe I need to start having a relationship with God. Maybe I need to start reading my Bible. Maybe I need to pray more because I see my son and my daughter, they taking that the initiative to sort out spiritual things. So uh, that's what I wanted to highlight. And I want a parent, if they're listening to this episode, I want them to really think about that. Because like if, if, if I somehow say, you know what, I don't want to do anything no more for God, I guarantee you God will use the closest thing to me my children to show me what I need to be doing. And I think that there are kids that that are doing that nowadays. So any closing remarks before we leave? I love how the scripture says that he grew in stature um, in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with all people. It is a beautiful thing to know that you have a child who loves and honors and respects God so much that he is the example for not only those around him, but those of his own household. As a mother who has a son living with an unbelieving father, it is my duty still as his mom to pour Jesus into him. So that way his light is not dimmed by that unbelieving father, but that his light will shine so bright that the unbelieving father and unbelieving other mother will come to Christ. So I want to say this to moms who are single and have said, okay, son, I did my part. It's time for your dad to do his part. Stay on your knees for your child. 
Because at the end of the day, there's going to be distractions. There's going to be opposite conversations that you've had with him, that you've poured in him. Because that unbelieving father is going to be starting to talk stuff with him that's just like, oh my gosh. Stay on your knees for your child. Have conversations with your child. Give them scriptures or even challenge them to give you scriptures because that helps them to stay focused on God. Do your part. And most importantly, pray for that unbelieving father to come to the knowledge and wisdom of Christ and desire to have a relationship with the father in heaven to step up and become the man that God created him to be. That's my final word. Um, final thoughts No, but uh, I got way too many, but you know, yeah, that, that last verse that, that Andy um, pointed out about him, you know, growing in wisdom is that, that, that just means Jesus was well integrated into society. He, you know, we, we get this idea that we're going to raise some, radical religious fanatic if you know if we if we bring them in into the church and that they're gonna somehow put off people and not understand the way the world works but i don't know of any other place to understand the world but the church because if you go by the church excuse me if you go by the world's rules the rules are always changing and then there's no you don't you really don't know where where you are with things and with people but when you have a foundation that is built and grafted in, into the church, you can now have a worldview, you know, of, of Christianity placed upon the world where you can now navigate that quite, quite well. And the fact that, you know, he grew in favor with men and God. I mean, that, I mean, ne- I mean, next podcast, we, we, we're going to get more and more into it, you know, Lord willing about, how not weird Jesus was, you know, for people to think highly of you and you are who you say you are versus the person that was preached to me who I had this idea in my head that he was just some militant, I don't know, militant jerk, I guess, religious jerk, just condemning people to hell and, and all that. But, that's not what the Bible says. So as we begin to, to look, look at Jesus, as wonderful as he is, I'm also going to say at the same time, it's not as bad as you think. Amen. All right, Royal. So there you have it. Episode two, Jesus Christ's birth to 12 years old. Remember that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. Be blessed. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day. By believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.